In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The uh, new priest came to his parish and gave his first sermon. And afterwards, when they were greeting the priest at the back of the church, they said, Father, that was a tremendous sermon. I have never heard a sermon like that in my entire... That was a great sermon. We are so glad you're here. The next Sunday, the priest gets into the pulpit and he gives the exact same sermon. And people say, while they're greeting him at the end of Mass, they say, well, well Father, that, that was really a good sermon. That, that was a good... That really carried over to this week. That was a good sermon. The third Sunday, the priest gets into the pulpit and gives his sermon and it's the exact same sermon as the two previous Sundays. And they're greeting him afterwards, and they say, you know, uh, Father, yeah, that, that's really, <laughs> that was a terrific sermon, but don't you have, like, anything else to share and say? And he says, yeah, I do. When we get this sermon down, I'll go to the next one. At the heart of like that story and that joke, that's what Paul is sort of addressing in his letter to the Corinthians. You know, at the time, this is maybe about the year, somewhere 40 to 50. And people have been changed by this person, Jesus, in some shape or form. But not really for the Corinthians. And Paul addresses that. Paul is saying that I, I told you about Christ, and what it means is a changed life. In essence, that's what it means. He says, first of all, I preach to you and I proclaim to you Christ crucified and risen from the dead. And the essence of that kerygma, that message, is that my life will be changed. I die to my old self so that Christ might live in me, so that the risen Christ, so that I might arise and live a new life. But instead, they're arguing with each other. They're arguing about the faith. They're talking about, well, I belong to Paul, and, you know, Apollos was the one who brought me into the faith. As you think about it, in 2,000 years, not much has changed, has it? You know, that there's the, the fighting that goes on in, in the life of, uh, of our church. And I don't mean in St. James, the, the, the parish, um, but even within ourselves, we hold disagreements and differing um, views. In the life of the church at large, large in our families, in our homes, in our, in our country. And Paul is talking about that there is a remedy for this. There is a way for us um, to, to live. But it requires us, in essence, you could say, to change our view or to change our personality or change the, the way who we are. That's a difficult thing. That's a hard aspect to do because wouldn't most of us say, well, I like the way I am. I'm really not that bad. You know, I might not be Adolf. You know, I'm no Adolf Hitler, you know, but I might not be all that bad.
But in essence, we're, something seems to be missing. We're not happy. I mean, a spiritual happiness. We might be content with a lot of things in life, but I'm talking about that real happiness. At this moment, I'd ask you, think of something that made you incredibly joyful, incredibly joyful, and you want to keep that feeling. You wish it would continue. Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe it was the recovery from an illness. Maybe it was a reconciliation with a friend. Maybe it was a promotion at a job. But you were really, really joyful. Well, when we have these spiritual dispositions, these views that prevent us from that, we don't have that happiness. And in essence, that's what Jesus is talking about in the gospel. It might not seem like that. What Jesus is addressing, he's talking to the Jewish leaders. And, and this gospel, mind you, it's, it's hard for us to put the whole gospel in context Sunday after Sunday. We just don't have 28 hours in the day to go through it. So we get these snippets. This snippet, at that time, Jesus said, you've heard that it was said to men of old, you shall not kill. Um, and he goes on and says that the way you think toward others, you may have commit murder in your head or with adultery or with lying or um, bearing false witness. He's talking about that. This words come right after the Beatitudes, right after the Beatitudes. The ones that we love that are in our great hall, that we sit and say, yeah, those, that's so beautiful. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those, well, that's, gosh, that's so beautiful. And then right after that, Jesus comes at this, and he hits them hard. What's going on there? You know, in, in Judaism, and sometimes we're like this, we can have our own, our own views, and they become rules. Rigid, uh, rigid rules. So Jesus is addressing to these people who are the Jewish, you have the rules, you've been following the rules, you know what the rules say, but you stop at the rules. You don't go beyond. The idea and the example, the rules, the laws of Judaism applied for you to live them out. They applied when you directed them towards someone else, only if they were a good Jew. So if they weren't a good Jew, if they didn't go to synagogue, if they didn't keep kosher, if they didn't um, practice their faith, then they weren't good Jews. And then you didn't have to follow the law. You could, you could just say, well, I'm going to treat you the way I want or any of those other things. Or we can make excuses. And Jesus is getting at the heart of that. But think about that, all of us, myself included, there have been times where we have lost sleep. I know I've lost sleep over things that I've said and I wish I didn't say. I probably would have been sent to the electric chair a thousand times for all the people in my head who I've murdered. <laughs> I wonder whose list I've been on. <laughs> and there isn't that happiness and there isn't that joy inside. The marvelous colic from today. 
We look for strength. We want to be that individual. We want to be those attitudes. We want the law of what we do not just be rigid in our hearts, but we want it to change us. We want to enter into the mysteries of our faith, into the mysteries of this Holy Eucharist, so that we're in union with God. We want the strength that comes from that, the spiritual strength. And our collect, O oh God, the strength of all who put their trust in you. Well, I can say that. I think we all can. But then putting it together, God, I want to trust you. I want to do all those things. But you know, sometimes you don't get it right. Sometimes you don't get it the way. If you were living my life, then you would know that this has to be done, or that has to be done, or you have to say this. But it requires us to make an admission, which is the next part of the collect. Mercifully accept our prayers. And we must admit, because in our weakness we can do nothing good without you, give us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments, we may please you both in will and in deed. Give us the help of your grace. The psalm talks about, happy are they who walk in the light of the Lord. This season of, epiph of epiphany, the theme is light. And of course, we think of the light of Christ. We think of his light. We want to bask in that light. We want to live in the glow of that light. We want to feel the warmth of that light. But sometimes it's difficult for us to do the things we need to do, to change the way we need to change. Jesus gets at the heart of it. Jesus gets at the heart of it and says, let your life simply be yes or no. Yes, I need to change. Yes, I need to change. Or the opposite end, no, I'm not going to change. And can fight, you know, against the system, if you will, fight the, the system of within us, the spiritual system within us. And then there is no joy. There isn't that happiness. But God places, as we hear from Ecclesiasticus, sometimes referred to as the book of Sirach, put your hand over the fire or over the water. Choose life, choose death. The disposition to get there is difficult. The thing that now, what will save us from this miserable conflict? The thing is to take a look. We're approaching Lent in, a, in 10 days' time, 9 days' time, we begin Lent. What is, pick one thing in your life. I shall do the same for me. What is the one thing that you would like to change most about who you are, about your personality? Oh, there's a whole, I have a whole list of all the things, you know, and I'm not trying to pick uh, on Diane. I'm sure she has a whole bunch of lists for me too, you know, that I need to change as she nods her head. Um, pick one thing for yourself that needs to be changed inwardly to find that happiness and that spiritual contentment that you seek. Look at it. What, what is that? And then look at concrete ways. What is a specific thing that I can do to change that aspect of my life? So um, to 
use a concrete thing, and I'll just use like a, a, a mild um, um, thing. When, when I was younger, and I did go get some help for, for, for this issue, if you will, um, I was prone to telling little white lies. You know, nothing that hurt anyone, but I would tell the, the white lies if somebody would ask me, you know, uh, something. Can't think of a specific thing, but I would tell a white lie. The thing that I remember about it most was that I wanted them to uh, like me. So I made, adjusted the story so that they, you know, would like me. Now, there was only one problem when I would tell that story. They would talk to somebody else about, hey, you know, Rich was telling me, and then they come up and they're like, I said that? Oh, yeah. But what I meant was, and then like another little white lie. So the thing that I had to do, I had to ask myself, where is that coming from? Why is it that I'm prone toward that? What is it for yourself? Could it be anger? Um, could it be um, the inability to pray? Um, could it be greed? Whatever it, whatever it is, the things that keep us away from God, the things that catches our eyes and catches our hearts, that we feel separated from him, that we want to have that intimate contact. It is true what the psalmist says. By our lives changing, we are happy when we walk in the light of the Lord. To go back, even though the Beatitudes are not part of this gospel as we see it, comes right before, we think of the words, blessed are the poor, blessed are the mournful, blessed are those who seek comfort, blessed are the peacemakers. Change that word, because in Latin it's the word beatus. Beatus does not really mean blessed. It means happy. So the Beatitudes would sound, happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who seek justice. Happy are those who are persecuted. Happy are those who follow those attitudes. What a tremendous disposition. Then all of a sudden, the laws that the church asks of us, that God asks of us through Holy Mother Church, they're not cumbersome. The changes that we want to make become easier to do, and with it brings a great deal of happiness. The greatest happiness that comes, though, is from knowing him and loving him and serving him and being happy with him in this life and living with him in that life that has no end. Amen.